Welcome to T3, Today, Tomorrow's Technologies. Your host is Jose Negron. We take the guesswork out of technological jargon so that you know what's next, why it's great or not so great, and how you can benefit from it by learning about it early. Now, here is Jose Negron. Welcome, everybody. This is your host, Jose Negron, on voiceamerica.com on the Variety Channel, hosting the lead technology show, T3, today, tomorrow's technologies, every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time or noon East Coast time. You can also catch us Monday and Tuesday. Check your local listing. Go to voiceamerica.com, the Variety Channel. Look up uh, T3, today, tomorrow's technologies. And usually we're in the morning and evening shows. As always, I'd like to thank my audience. Uh, U.S. audience continues to grow. The international audience is just uh, spectacular. I, I find it kind of curious as uh, more and more countries listen to our show, especially on technology. As a reminder to our audience, uh, our first-time listeners, the purpose of T3 program is to integrate our scientists, our engineers, our innovators with the non-techie folks. Uh, the purpose of it is to have a successful uh, discussion about technology and why is technology important in our lifestyle and hopefully uh, the, uh, fu- bring out some of the future research that uh, will impact our lifestyle. It's important for me to make sure that the techie guys can communicate with the non-techie guys and bring that integration together. To keep our audience involved, the T3 show, please call 866-472-5788 or email me at todaytomorrowstechnologies at gmail.com. I'm, cu- I'm excited today because we're going to talk about my bucket list and technology advancements. As I started to look at what I would do to d- for today's podcast, I started realizing that I wanted to go back and address some of the key technologies uh, that we've talked about on the show. And why is that important to me is because every time I pick up a new engineering magazine or tech magazine or a science magazine, I-, I see one of our topics being addressed in one of those. So over the last 12 months, especially in season five, uh, you've been, uh, I've been able to bring you about 46 live podcasts, and I've highlighted a variety of technologies and innovations, and I would just like to share my stories uh, of really doing my bucket list, but also the technology that has influenced the bucket list, and talk about the technologies and the innovations and the gadgets I've used personally, and the gadgets that are out there that you can buy. Our human endeavor and advancements are now simpler, they're better and easier with these new technologies. So I'll provide a, uh, the audience a round robin of these adventures from self-driving cars to the exploration of new uh, uh, mo- uh, model cars to motorcycles and to the excitement of underwater discovery and the space environment. I'll talk a little bit about that and lots of other topics, uh, you know, from automation to medical to robotics. Uh, these are all topics of interest and in, they've impacted my life one way or the other. But uh, what will the rest of 2020 bring us and how we will enjoy these new technologies? Because technology innovation continues day in, day out. And I'm always surprised as I go back and take a look at what these magazines uh, uh, provide the reader and and I look at the innovators out there who are discovering new ways of doing the business or bringing in uh, a smaller, lighter, uh, safer product to the market. What is our next adventure? What will be my next bucket list? Well, I've got a couple here. Uh, One right now is my pilot license that I'd like to go back and get. 
and renew that. And of course, continue my scuba diving experience, which about three weeks ago, I talked about the uh, getting my certification for open water. But now I want to start working on my advanced open water. So these technologies are important. And as I stated, uh, the explosion of technology improving our daily lifestyle continue to advance. So let me take a, a look and, and regress a little bit to the very beginning of season one, when we start talking about the self-driving car, the autonomous vehicle, and then today's models of new vehicles and how they're becoming almost semi-autonomous vehicles. All major manufacturers today uh, have improved the safety technology of their vehicles, and the uh, self-driving car has led the way. In fact, uh, I'm sitting here 16 years later uh, when we did the uh, Grand Challenge 1, DARPA Grand Challenge number 1, 2004, March 13th. We went over 100 miles, and we had a lot of safety considerations. When I went out to, uh, to start that project for DARPA, in 2004, and I told that there wasn't going to be a driver behind the wheel. You should have seen the looks of the police station, Bureau of Land Management, Fish and Wildlife, uh, all of the L.A., uh, Los Angeles Power and Light companies, and all the communities that these vehicles would be running. Uh, we had about 16 routes. The, the contestants wouldn't know the final route until about an hour before when we gave them the disc. And then uh, the major players that s- supported me, uh, Dr. Tony Tether, of course, the director of DARPA, my own deputy, Tom Stratt, and then two individuals that uh, brought the wealth of experience for uh, you know, off-road racing, desert racing, self-driving. Uh, uh, driving cars and the capabilities that they brought to the table, uh, of course, is Sal Fish and his nephew, Paul Fish. Sal Fish was CEO at the time for Scoring National. And and you want to know about these two individuals. They're the ones that raced uh, Baja 1000, the Baja 500, the 250. And they always did uh, racing in the U.S. until it just became easier to do the off-road racing in, uh, the, in the Baja side of Mexico. But these are great stories. Uh, let me tell you that uh, uh, the Grand Challenge, the purpose of the Grand Challenge is really to bring autonomous vehicle or self-driving cars to fruition. Here we are 16 years later. We're, we're getting closer. We're not quite there. We have kind of a semi-autonomous vehicle riding. You take a look at Telsa. You take a look at Mercedes. You take a look at uh, all the uh, uh, Japanese cars uh, uh, that are coming out. They all have various features. And I, I can tell you, just buying my new Lincoln, the new models today, the technologies that inside that vehicle from the sensing capacity when you put it on uh, on uh, just automatic uh, speed uh, so it can cruise control down the highway, it breaks for you, it, it gives you distance, allows you to um, to uh, place the distance on another car. Uh, so those are all good. Uh, the seats, the wipers, the, uh, the uh, automatic dimming of lights, the additional technology inside the vehicle for voice command, mapping, telephone, your even your moonroof operations. All that has changed because of the sensing capability that the I believe that the Grand Challenge uh, program brought to, uh, to the audience itself. It's quite interesting to me as I look around and I discovered the, the purpose of the Grand Challenge was really to start the self-driving car. Uh, it was uh, it was an opportunity to uh, to revolutionize 
uh, or evolutionize the technology. And we're really looking at revolutioning the technology. It, it inspired future technologists. It brought the uh, best and brightest of peop- uh, folks. And I can tell you from kids to uh, adults, uh, I, I had a lot of folks come and chase me. And I'll tell you, I would travel all throughout the United States during 2002, 2004 when we kicked off that event. And it was interesting to me how people would find me and ask me questions on the Grand Challenge. So the bottom line is we wanted to impact the manufacturers, the futurists, the advertisers, the motorsports, the robotists, uh, the technology companies, the R&D facilities. And of course, uh, we always look at the uh, defense contractors, the innovators, even the uh, video game uh, producers because the off-road uh, community needed the, those and the science fiction writers. So the Grand Challenge ended up having three Grand Challenges. Uh, the first one was 2004. Although we did not have a winner during that race, the furthest we went was about 7.4 miles. Uh, and really, we could have gone further. We had to stop the race because uh, at that time, uh, the vehicle uh, ran up into the berm, and that vehicle was uh, over a million dollars in cost. And Sandstorm uh, uh, delayed the race and stopped the race because it caught fire on the back wheel. But what was interesting to that is the sensing capability. And you got to understand, this is a one-way road on the desert, uh, on the back trails from Barstow to Prim, Nevada. And we were going through the, uh, uh, I call it the Sid Sags. And it, it probably was the toughest part of the a road, uh, Dr. Tether says, why did you put the toughest part of the uh, off-road uh, event at the very beginning? And it was tough because they had about 10 feet of, uh, of, uh, of road uh, before they hit the mountain on the right or ended up going on to the berm and down the hill. So that was a, a tough one for us. But there were what I was excited about when I took on the challenge of the Grand Challenge of 2004, people didn't even believe in robotics, didn't even believe in autonomous vehicles, didn't believe in driverless car. We had over five vehicles that went over uh, five miles. And just to accomplish that was successful. And why is that important? Because in 2005, when we went across the desert, 132 miles, we had five finishers. Okay, we had Stanley that won the race, but we had five finishers during that part. And you think about it in a year and a half that from one event to the other to have five finishers, that was tremendous. And that is technology. And that's not uh, that's a revolution that I don't think has ever been uh, been done before. And I think everybody who participated, in, I know, in the first Grand Challenge came back to participate in the second Grand Challenge. And then, of course, we went on to the third Grand Challenge in 2006 seven just to see what kind of city driving we would do and this is sensor technology this is uh gps sensing the the uh as uh dr tether would like to say uh the 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 uh the integration of the sensing, the motors, the um, the activities of the uh, of the uh, suspension uh, to climb hills, to go over uh, uh, the uh, to go over rough terrain, to climb uh, around uh, another car. Uh, this was all interesting stuff, and and this was uh, very interesting for DARPA. And so the gr- the goal, of course, was to inspire the innovators out there in the non traditional DoD. 
Cs. So I'm very proud of that. And as we go back to look at the uh, new vehicles as I described, it, it is interesting to me as I look at uh, the you know the future cars, and we have this now. We have voice commands in our vehicles. We have uh, more mapping options. We have custom design vehicles uh, that are. Uh, you, you take a look at Telsa all electric vehicle. We've got uh, you know the brain assisted uh, computer mapping and just uh, information going through the uh, electronics. Uh, you have the mechanical capability and of course the ability to I call it a semi-autonomous vehicle because it's not quite autonomous and we've got stories of Tesla over there. Uh, you still have to watch the, the road but pretty much I mean when I put that car in my Lincoln in a, a self uh, a cruise control I can uh, uh, dictate the spacing between the car that I want to do. I can dictate the, the braking I want to do. I can dictate the lane I want to be in. I, I, there's a lot of uh, technology that went into this process. So I was real p- pleased and one of my bucket lists after the uh, grand challenge was to get a new vehicle, especially in 2020, and see how much has technology advanced in just vehicles alone. And it, that's been quite surprising. And, and, and really, the story... Uh, uh, speaks for itself. Well, when you have Tesla out there, you've got Mercedes out there, you've got a series of Japanese cars out there. You, they're all bringing on and Ford Motor Company going to all electric. So on today's show, I'm, I'm talking about my bucket list, uh, technology advancement. I admit most of the topics were selected because of the technology interest that I had, but these technologies do make our lives better. And I can tell you that uh, on, a, on a personal note, you know, they're They're just uh, technologies that, uh, first of all, allow us to accomplish what we want to accomplish or do. That's the critical thing about technology and making our lives better. Second of all, it's a little cheaper, a little bit uh, smaller in the product itself. And it's a little bit durable, it's safer, and it's more accurate than the previous gadgets that we were used to. Yes, my bucket list and technology advancements have made three uh, T3 go through its paces, and I bring each of you every week, uh, and I did 46 podcasts this past season, and we talked about it. So I'd like to just go back and just list a couple of these because I think they're very important. First of all, we talked about uh, driverless cars, and we talked at the beginning of the autonomous vehicle. That was my first show. We talked about disruptive products, and, and really, the uh, disruptive products are done by small businesses, uh, majority of small businesses, trying to get a better understanding of what these products and technologies are going to be about. We talked about the smart homes, and I talked about uh, you know Nest and Alexia and all those activities. So go back and take a look at that, uh, that uh, podcast. We talked about cybersecurity. We even talked about drones and the unmanned aerial vehicle and remotely piloted vehicles. That is going to be the future. I mean, even the Air Force today has graduated more drone pilots than they have actual pilots. And then one of the favorite uh, topics, uh, of course, are robotics. The space, the next frontier uh, is also an interesting one. And education and the future of innovation in education. We talked about energy. We talked about uh, the smartphone and, of course, development 
developing uh, great uh, technology of today. And, and, and who's playing in this technology field? Let me tell you, technology, new technology impacts everything from business to home to school to medicine to space. And we just had, uh, and I'll talk a little bit more about that, but the Falcon 9 just returned, uh, launched out, had to, uh, the, the uh, what is it, the Dragon crew uh, go to the International Space Station. They stayed there, I think, a little bit over a couple months and came back and landed for the first time on a parachute in the Gulf of Mexico uh, near Pensacola. That was uh, over 11 years. It's the first time U.S. has returned uh, um, uh, astronauts uh, back into the moon because we've been uh, after the space shuttle. Uh, we ended up ha- hitching rides with the with the Soviet Union. But anyway, that technology. What I'm really interested in. Take a look at our first season show. It's been fantastic. Uh, I loved every minute of it, and I think you'll learn a lot about uh, future technologies as we go on. One of the topics I talked about is space, and space to me is a critical. It is the next frontier. We're talking about uh, some of the commercial companies, Dish Networking, DirecTV, Cirrus Radio, Iridium uh, on the cell phone, your global star for mobile satellites, your Trimble and Garmin, and uh, these are all GPS. And GPS today, I mean, how many of us have GPS on our smartphones? Most of us use GPS from A to B. In fact, I just saw a truck come by uh, my neighborhood and says, we're local, we don't need GPS to deliver. So it was kind of interesting. But the the capability that I talk about is, uh, you know, the ability to launch satellites, both from Earth observation, communication, navigation, weather, space telescope, and, uh, and of course, the space stations that's up there. Why is that important? It's important because in the next uh, 10 years, uh, in fact, in the next two years, we should be at Mars. Next four years, we're, uh, excuse me, we'll, in the next two years, we should be at the moon. In the next four years, we'll be at Mars. So 2024, we'll be at Mars. And just the discovery of that, the ability to send astronauts to back to the moon, back to Mars is impressive to me. I'll also talk a little bit about the smart homes. Don't forget, uh, you know, in the 2020 devices, you got Google and Amazon competing with each other. You have the uh, Amazon Echo Dot. You got the Google Nest Mini. You got the Google Nest Hub. You got Amazon Echo Show 8 with Alexia display. So lots of activities. So I just wanted to go through and share with my audience today the ability uh, to remember a little bit about these technologies and go back and take a look at our podcast. I've done five seasons. We've probably done uh, close to 100 podcasts in these five seasons. I did 46 just alone this year alone. So it was quite impressive. So take a look at this. We'll be uh, working uh, on our next series. I talked a little bit about uh, you know my bucket list. And the reason why I say my bucket list, because there's so many things I want to do and continue to do. And it's not because I haven't done it before. It's just that the technology out there is much better. Um, it's lighter, it's cheaper, and it's more convenient for me to to just upgrade and then use my old equipment. So I want to get back to you uh, in this uh, past segment. We talked about smart homes. We talked about uh, satellites and space frontier. We talked a little bit about the uh, um Autonomous driverless cars in the Grand Challenge, the 04, the 05, and the 07. There was three of them. Uh, in the next segment, we're going to talk about a little bit about motorcycles and my adventure to uh, from Annandale, Virginia to Dallas, uh, Texas. And we'll be right back.
the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you ever experienced the joy of living? Not just aspects of your life, but the true joy of life itself. Barry Shore has. You could call him an ambassador of joy. From a successful entrepreneur to becoming a quadriplegic due to a rare disease to his ongoing recovery through swimming and physical rehabilitation. Barry now presents his gifts to others as host of The Joy of Living. All you need to do is tune in. Listen live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. listening to today tomorrow's technologies to reach the program today please call in to 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 or send an email to today tomorrow's technologies at gmail.com now back to our show Welcome back, folks. Let's continue our program with T3. My topic today is my bucket list in technology advancements. In the last segment, I talked a little bit about driverless cars, new vehicles on the roads today. I talked a little bit about the space, the next frontier, and I also talked about smart homes. And it's critical that the uh, a lot of technology within this process has advanced and made all these activities possible. One of the topics I want to talk about this segment is really my trip from Annandale, Virginia, to uh, Dallas, Texas. It was a it was a six day planned trip with five days of riding with one day in the middle. And it was interesting because I did it uh, December twenty second through December twenty seventh. And it was uh, it, let's just say it was a it, it was an adventure. But the question is, why did I even do this? Well, first of all, I've been riding motorcycles for just I'm, I'm a rookie. Uh, two years started off with a twelve hundred uh, sports bike uh, Harley Davidson. Ended up getting a twenty sixteen Cruiser. Worked that for about a year. And then um, my buddy uh, Dick Ross and I were going to take a big uh, um, motorcycle trip from uh, Reno, Nevada to Rapid City, South Dakota. And it was about 1,500 plus miles one way and 1,500 back. And so I, I really have been taking these small little trips along the way. The first one I took uh, was from uh, Annandale to to. Um, uh, Lexington, uh, Kentucky, and uh, it was kind of interesting because I, I was uh, just uh, trying to see how far I could ride, and that was about 560 miles, a uh, total of about a thousand round trip, and I did that in the summer, but I learned a lot. When you smell rain, it's most likely going to rain, so if you're on a motorcycle, you know, there's not a bridge everywhere uh, along the route that you can just stop and put on your uh, weather gear, so one of the lessons I learned there is if you think it's going to rain, put your weather gear before it starts raining. 
and that's one of the lessons I learned out of that one. But uh, as I prepared for the uh, the upcoming trip, uh, it was uh, getting colder and colder, and it was really the fall. And I started looking at. Uh, uh, this December trip because I w- really wanted to go at least 1,500 miles. It was a three-day trip, one day of rest, and then of course uh, two or three days back. and And I really wanted to go from um, from Annandale to Lexington and then uh, back to uh, uh, or really it was a uh, uh, push it to Knoxville. So Annandale to Knoxville, Knoxville to West Monroe. West Monroe to Leesville, Louisiana, and then back up to Dallas, Texas. So that was a three-day trip. But what was interesting, okay, preparing for the trip, I knew I was going in the winter. I knew it was going to be cold. I didn't know how cold it was going to be, but I knew it was going to be cold. So I started preparing myself with, you know, the typical uh, long johns, uh, uh, layering clothes, preparing the motorcycle with the windshield, uh, with a higher windshield, uh, preparing the motorcycle with uh, with um um, what I call um, the handlebar grips and the uh, protectors to keep the wind and rain off. And all that preparation, let me tell you, that was invaluable. I cannot uh, stress enough. Plus, I ended up getting in October a new uh, 2020 uh, uh, road glide uh, limited, and it was uh, fantastic because it had the heated uh, handlebars. And then, of course, my handlebar protectors kept the rain off. But the first day I started, uh, I was going from uh, uh, Annandale to Knoxville, and then uh, so I ended up going, and the temperature was 26 degrees. So before I reached out and looking at the weather and doing a test drive, I realized that I needed some heated gear. So a couple of weeks prior to that, I ended up going to get some heated gear because if you're going to drive eight hours in a motorcycle at 26 degrees and, you know, with the chill factor, you're, you're down to about 14, 15. And you would say, this guy's crazy. But it was just, a, you know, it was a, it's a goal I had. It was something that I was preparing for. I was prepared. The technology from the motorcycle, and we'll talk a little bit about that from uh, GPS to uh, the hub on the voice command, the series radio, the uh, shock, uh, the new bike, uh, all the technology just proved to me that the bike was ready. Now I needed to be ready from a clothing for perspective, layering, the type of clothes, light, uh, waterproof, and, and wind resistant. So those are the clothes that I wore. And then also just a mental stamina to go the eight hours in 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 the cold or freezing cold because uh, you know the temperature is about 10 to 14 degrees and then so that was the first day the second day I ended up riding and I just kept on going but unfortunately what I thought was going to be just a little cloud burst of rain for a couple hours ended up being about eight hour windstorm rainstorm really because I ended up being in the rain all the time but let me tell you from the gear I had from uh, my um uh, waterproof clothing to uh, my rain gear uh, to the, the boots, waterproof boots, and everything I had prepared me for that ride. And I will tell you, sometimes I thought people, especially when I left uh, Knoxville, headed down to Birmingham and then across on I-20 to West Monroe, people uh, passing Mack trucks. I mean, it was heavy downpour at times. It was sprinkles at times, but it was always raining for those eight hours. But I, I will tell you, I stayed dry and ended up 
up going to my roommate uh, from college and I ended up being in West Monroe. I got there a little bit later because I realized that, uh, you know, to take off the gear to go use the restroom or to fill up uh, gas, uh, it took a little longer than I thought. It, it wasn't the typical 10 minutes. It was about a 30-minute ordeal just to get ready. So that took a little bit longer. It was an eight to nine-hour drive. But the third day, then it was cool, sunny, dry, and it was a perfect road. I went on down to my hometown down in Leesville, Louisiana. Great riding. It was perfect riding weather. Just a little cool, but I just had my chaps on, uh, my leather gear, and we just rode down. In fact, on the way up to Dallas, I had to take a lot of that stuff off because it was just a lot. It got warmer, and that's what happens in the south. In the morning, it's cool. In the afternoon, it gets hot. And then, of course, at night, it gets a little colder. But by the time I reached Dallas, uh, you know, I was on the back roads of Texas. The sun was setting. It was just beautiful looking at the farms and ranch out there. And it was just perfect uh, timing for me. So that that uh, little trip right there uh, was about uh, uh, I took today, the net following day after reaching Dallas off, went to go see my brother and his son. And we flew uh, uh, glider planes all, all the, the entire day and then visited with my friend Joe, uh, who I met in Germany. And then we uh, ended up prepping for the trip to come back because uh, it was uh, Christmas Day and people saying, why are you leaving Christmas Day? Well, I wanted it. This, is, this was my Christmas present and I wanted to hit the road. Everybody from my family were gone visiting other folks so I, I took the opportunity to do that and it was a lot of fun so I took off from there went to, I was an hour out of Knoxville I stopped there I'm glad I did because I you know the Tennessee Hills riding at night not knowing what the uh, road conditions would be like it was just safer to stop and stop at the hotel so the following day I left about an hour out of Knoxville ended up going all the way to Richmond ended up going visiting my daughter there had dinner and then of course I got home about 10 or 11 o'clock but that ride I had done three or four times at night, so I was a little bit more comfortable. And, you know, when you get anxious to get home, you just get anxious to get home, and I was ready to go. So that trip was about 3,100 miles. Uh, as I said, the technology on the bike is similar to the technology on the cars, the suspension, the ride, uh, the ability to sit in the chair comfortably, the ability to lay, lean back, uh, the handlebars, the, the ability uh, to have a high beam, low beam, the ability to talk with your uh your info station uh, with a series radio, GPS mapping, uh, the ability to plug my smartphone in to give me a secondary uh, GPS or a activity to talk, to talk to people on the road while you're riding a motorcycle. All those activities, uh, listen to a podcast or, or a book, uh, uh, you know, a b- book live uh, on the, uh, through your radio set. And all this will happen through a, a wireless uh, uh, info system. So I was really, really pleased about that. And I was, uh, it was an, it was an adventure. Now I fast forward this June, we were supposed to head out to the Reno, the, uh, rapid city, but of course, uh, con V 19, uh, uh, took us out. Uh, most of the national parks that we were getting ready to see, I was getting ready to go up to, uh, you know, Old Faithful, uh, the Grand Tetons, uh, Devil's Tower, Mount Rushmore, Custer's Last Stand, uh, Badlands, and, and then come on back through the Moab. We're looking forward to that trip. That trip is still on, on schedule. Let's put it that way. We just put it on hold for right now, but that's going to be a fantastic trip, and I cannot wait to do that on the, on the motorcycle. People keep saying, 
why are you doing it on a motorcycle? It's just something about riding a motorcycle that I found fun. So the technology on the bike was GPS, the heated uh, handlebar grips, uh, the heated uh, covers on the handlebar uh, protectors, uh, the uh, heated uh, um, uh, uh, clothing that I wore, and of course the layering of clothing, both for uh, wind resistant, rain resistant, and it just—it was just a tech integration of the voice command, the series radio, and the ability to connect wireless. That all made that trip possible. Two other technologies I'd like to talk about now that I've talked to you about the show, uh, on the show, and especially because they're disruptive technologies. One is the neurochromatic lens. Uh, the professor there is uh, Brad Chase. I encourage everybody to go take a look at that podcast. Uh, it's uh, it's an interesting discussion, and uh, we talked about it. It's called Technology. How cool is it? Uh, I aired it uh, January twenty second, twenty nineteen, and you ought to listen to that uh, uh, podcast because it talks about uh, neurochromatic lens, the ability to improve your eyesight, improve dyslexia you have a migraine in fact uh, just uh, the uh, uh, he's got uh, some uh, what I call uh, I'm gonna say randomized case studies that he's done we need to do a, a medical case study but the randomized case studies uh, there's lots of information of people improving their eyesights uh, improving their dyslexia and even improving my migraine so take a look at that it was aired uh, 22nd of January 2019 uh, the t- radio show was called Technology Technology innovation, how cool is it? And then the second part of that is technology uh, part two innovation, the pneumobag kit. And this is an advanced uh, wound care treatment, uh, which has a, uh, which uh, we ended up doing, my nurses ended up doing a major case, case 95. It was a former dancer. She had a lower left uh, leg uh um, wound there. Uh, doctors were re- getting ready to amputate her leg, and it ended up being that my nurses, with the pneumo bag kit, which is an advanced wound care treatment, uh, using uh, um, medical grade oxygen, uh, 15 liters per minute, uh, for about four hours per day, four days a week, three days off, were able to cure the lady at 95. And here she is at 97, and the product exceeded its its uh, its its treatment capa- capacity because uh, she. She's been very happy. The wound has not broken down. So that's another uh, technology that if you have a a severe wound, I I recommend you go take a look at that. But they also, uh, you know, that that program, uh, Part 2 Technology Innovation, Pneumobag Kit aired uh, the 29th of January 2019. So take a look at these uh, technologies. I think you'll like those. Uh, I talked about uh, another uh, um, show that we ended up doing is... uh, uh, why does the U.S. have to go back to space? Uh, I talked about new energy sources, and I talked about education and technology and the road to the future. There is no question in my mind that uh, technology is going to play a big part. I mean, if you're a high school kid today, pick a subject, learn it hard, and start doing some self-study uh, because uh, it, it is a bright future out there, and it's it's interesting as I look back at technology today. Another program we did was transportation technology and innovation. Uh, can we really do this? And the transportation technology, it was talking about, uh, you know, the uh, megacities and, 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 and why are most 
uh, I guess millennials do not have driver's license. You know, they don't they don't really think about it. I got a good friend uh, uh, that works for me. Her daughter is uh, 16, 17, and she doesn't really care about a driver's license right now. Why? She lives in we live in the D.C. area, so she has access to uh, good transportation. She has access to uh, you know Lyft and Uber, and she has access to uh, you know even scooters and bikes and 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 metro and buses. So the transportation in the local area is very um, uh, robust, I guess, than it is in the Midwest. And therefore, she doesn't need all this uh, technology advancement. But what we were talking about is cars. You know, if you go, I've had several friends live in New York, just trying to park the car and keep it in a garage costs you about as much as a, 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 an apartment. And you can realize why most people don't have uh, vehicles in, in, in large cities and metropolitan areas, because the cost is just prohibited. So these are, these are shows that I'd like to encourage everybody to go to. Uh, it's been interesting to me to listen to these shows uh, education and technology is is critical automation is making a big deal technology advancement in fact in October I'll be providing a, uh, a special presentation on uh, technology and advancement in accounting and why this is a critical field this is a very specialized uh, area of study but even in accounting uh, you know the bookkeeper the the accountant uh, the business the ability to to use the internet, cloud computing, uh, the ability to share uh, uh, video conferences, the ability to have that one-on-one accountant discussion, the ability to use uh, big data analysis and the accounting capabilities uh, through your computer is just incredible and the decisions you can make. So, But all these technologies need someone to invent them, to work on them, and to provide it to the customer out there. And, and as I said earlier, it makes our life easier, it is cheaper, and it facilitates our lifestyle as we continue to grow and advance. So the advancement of technology, it doesn't uh, uh, stop. It, it doesn't uh, just all of a sudden decide to um, uh, stay where it's at. New technology products, new innovators, disruptive innovators, guys who are thinking about, I don't want to do it this way, I want to do it this, this other way, are out there. And I am a firm believer of that. And I know that in 2004, the U.S. was going through a lot. Are we graduating enough engineers? Do we have enough innovations? Are we creative enough? Yes, we are, is my belief. But you got to give people the opportunity. And that's what people miss is the opportunity. That's the reason the Apples, the Googles, uh, the Amazons, um, Microsoft, all the big high-tech companies, even in, uh, as I said, in the accounting world, KPNG, Deloitte, in uh, 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 Price and Waterhouse, they're all looking at new, how technology will change their particular businesses. And so, uh, folks, I'm talking about my bucket list and technology advancement. In the last uh, uh, segment, I really talked about uh, uh, a new product, uh, my motorcycle, my motorcycle ride uh, from uh, Annandale, Virginia to Dallas, Texas. Texas. It was a six-day adventure, five-day ride over 3,100 uh, miles. Well, I talked about the new neurochromatic lenses uh, help your eyesight, dyslexia, migraine. To also talk about the pneumo bag kit, how important it is for your uh, uh, severe wound treatment. So in the next segment, I'm going to come back and talk to you about my other bucket list, specifically scuba diving and the underwater world. And I'll be right back.
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. We all know that today our country is in many ways run by vested interests, which have accumulated large amounts of power for themselves and at our expense. But this can be changed by recognizing the problems and then by adopting libertarian solutions to address them. Tune into All Rise, the Libertarian Way with Judge Jim Gray. Judge Gray and his guests will discuss the problem areas of today and then present solutions that result in a better world for ourselves and and our children. Tune in Fridays at 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern on Voice America Variety. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access all the time. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Today, Tomorrow's Technologies. To reach the program today, please call in to 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or send an email to today, tomorrow's technologies at gmail.com. Now, back to our show. Welcome back, folks. Uh, we're starting our third segment. Our discussion today is about my bucket list and technology advancements. It's been an interesting show because I've covered uh, the history of the, our, our program here, T3. Tech, uh, and it's been quite interesting as far as today, tomorrow's technologies. I've covered a list, a host of things from uh, self-driving cars to autonomous vehicles to uh, new vehicles to new motorcycles and all these activities. Our, our segment today is, of course, my bucket list. And in our seg- the third segment, I want to talk about scuba diving and how important that was because I just did it. In fact, if you go listen to uh, the show two weeks ago, you'll talk, I'll talk a little bit about all the scuba diving experience. But the most important thing about that was the advancement of technology in scuba diving that I had not realized. I was still under the Jacques Cousteau, a scuba diving mentality, you know, uh, you snorkel, 
mask, thin uh, weights around your body, uh, maybe a buoyancy, which is a life preserver type activity. And that was it. And was I surprised when I went into the new dive shops and looked at the various equipment where you have uh, uh, various, uh, you have the uh, BCD, which is your buoyancy control device. All that equipment is integrated into this uh, BCD, buoyancy control device. That was what, what was a big surprise. The second big surprise was the ability take photography you know with your GoPro camera underwater capability and all this activity was just totally amazing to me uh, as I uh, discovered the underwater world and it was exactly what I pictured the only difference is I was surprised I did see an eel I did see a turtle I did see the variety of tropical fishes out there but what surprised me the most was seeing a snake I didn't realize that, so that was new. Uh, the second uh, was the ability to see what I call a daddy long leg uh, uh, creature out there underneath the rocks, which is a stick animal, and I'm trying to find a, the correct name of that. But the technology within the scuba diving underworld has just grown tremendously, and it's really revolutionary when I start looking about my mental picture of scuba diving, and then, of course, we're... Uh, where it is today. And uh, I went uh, through the, there's different types of certification courses. I went through the PADI course. I've really enjoyed it. It was a self-tutorial, so everything's online. You take your tests online. And it's really, uh, and it's not, uh, I, yes, they have tests just to make sure you know the subject area, but it's really a series of lessons with uh, um, what I call a summary of uh, information uh, and similar to a mini quiz and then the quiz at the end and you do that about five sections so but what's interesting is i could do this all online i didn't have to do I, my diving experience happened to be in puerto rico where i went so but i did all of the what i call the basic knowledge test uh, here in the united states the the second part of that was done uh, of course the open uh, confined water uh, test was done in a swimming pool and i really encourage that that was really critical because if you're not a scuba diver and you're not comfortable in water and you're just a little apprehensive, uh, uh, doing it in a swimming pool or a closed, confined environment really supports that uh, anxiety and uh, dissipates that uh, fear that you may have, especially because they're teaching you to take off your regulator, they're te teaching you to take off your mask and put it back on, and then, of course, controlling your breathing underwater, and either you're comfortable or not comfortable, and most people don't are not comfortable, uh, that pr presents a problem. But we did all that and it was exciting it was uh, it was interesting because it was in a confined area i knew the area very well so having a swimming pool uh, and and growing up with a swimming pool it was interesting so uh and then of course the open water you gotta do two open water dives and that's uh you go down to about 40 feet uh we ours was about 41 feet or 45 feet of water uh for about 55 minutes of, of diving and the first two or three things you got to do is 
uh, you know, lose your weight, lose your and re uh, reestablish weight uh, buoyancy capacity, uh, lose your regulator, fill your uh, uh, BCD uh, with your regulator, uh, with uh, and 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 uh, and then the last thing, of course, losing your mask uh, underwater by about 40 feet. So you're always looking at why am I doing this <laughs> kind of thing. But you know the 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 t- techniques, the trade uh, capacity, the knowledge, the comfort, all that comes into play. And it was a very important experience for me. But uh, we're talking about technology. And as, as I said, uh, uh, you know, there's a couple things that, uh, you know, that I'm trying to do. Uh, the self-contained underwater breathing apparatus, you know, your octopus. Uh, the other thing is having the secondary regulator uh, in case you run out of air underneath. It, you used to do buddy dives. Uh, where you shared the regulator. Now you have an extra regulator there that you just give to your buddy. And of course, uh, just like everything else, scuba diving, it's about uh, teamwork and, uh, and, and, and buddy systems. So that I would encourage that to everybody who goes out there. The, uh, the adventures there in diving is just progressing. I mean, you got all kinds of fins, masks, snorkel, uh, BCD type equipment. Uh, uh, one of the things that I had the opportunity to do is uh, just do a little swim pool diving uh, with my son the past two weeks and and when he put on the outfit he says man the outfit of the BCD is more comfortable it's lighter and and uh, and just has a better fit and feel to it which is something that uh, and he he got his patty license maybe uh, 15 years ago so for me it was a new experience more than anything else but what's really interesting uh, as we go underwater is uh, uh, not only seeing the adventures underwater for uh, uh you know, in real time and living through that. But the photography, photography is also uh, gearing, um, taking place in the, you know, I prepare my Go go camera to be water resistant. So that I'm looking forward to that. The other thing that's going on is the equipment. As I said, every adventure, whether it's scuba diving, riding bikes, or just even walking or climbing the mountains, one of the most important things you got to do is stay dry, stay warm, and be comfortable when you're doing these activities because there's nothing worse uh, than being uncomfortable when you're doing these activities. So the future of scuba diving, I'm looking forward to that. I'm, go- I'm going for my advanced open water diving uh, capacity uh, certification, and I'm looking forward to that. So it'll be fun as we go forward. Uh, I just want to share with you, the audience, uh, some of the uh, at least some of the podcasts we've had, uh, and I'd like to, uh, you know, suggest that you go out and take a look at that. One of the key ones that I've done is uh, the round robin discussion on technology, which aired 28 May 2019. I, I think that is a critical techno- uh, podcast. You should listen to it. It was critical as well, as we talked about uh, the technology revolution, evolution, and the discussion of technology, and and it did. Uh, uh, it's a great uh, podcast to listen to future technologies. Another one that I'd encourage everybody to take a look at is space robots. I was quite impressed by the number of uh, space robots, landers, uh, just adventure crafts that are out there that uh, NASA and, uh, and the international community are launching towards space. You know, and it's just uh, it's just incredible the number of robots that have been out there that uh, we've taken it really for granted. 
that space robot show aired uh, uh, two uh, July 2019, and I encourage everybody to take a look at that. Uh, one that I've always liked to listen to, and and I would encourage everybody to t- talk about uh, is my discussion with South Fish on off-road racing. That happened on uh, September 17th, 2019, and that it gives you a quick history of Grand Challenge one, two, and three that we talked about in our first segment, and it was interesting because uh, Sal. Uh, now retired from uh, Score International, uh, former CEO of Score International, uh, talked about his, uh, you know, how he got into the business of off-roading, how he got into the business uh, in uh, expanding his company, how he came to DARPA to support the Grand Challenge 1, 2, and 3, and uh, and it was just great. And there's a friendship there that I developed. I mean, we spent two years on the off-road uh, route from 2002 to 2004, just working the different uh, routes, and we develop uh, about 16 routes and went through all kinds of terrain. In fact, as an Air Force guy, former Air Force guy, going out there and looking at the desert, it wasn't too impressive. But let me tell you, uh, over the two-year time frame, to look at that desert in the morning, it was gorgeous, and in the evening, it's gorgeous. In the middle, you're just trying to stay uh, out of the sun and and stay cool. So these are three shows that I would uh, uh, encourage each of you to take a look at. And of course, uh, the one that I like to talk about uh, a lot is the space program, uh, especially uh, when we talk about, uh, you know, why did we return to the moon? Uh, That aired uh, on February 11th, uh, 2020. Uh, That is a critical one. And another uh, three technologies that I talked about was uh, uh, the recycling, the ashes of nuclear fission, the renewal fuel solution, nuclear energy, and uh, and of course, the all renewable are the future energy needs met. These programs aired uh, uh, around uh, March and uh, April of uh, 2020, and I encourage each of you to take a look at that. But if you really want to know why we should go back to the moon and why are we going back to Mars, I have a podcast, 17 March 2020, Returning to the Moon and Mars, that I encourage each of you to go back and take a look at. This is an exciting time for me. Uh, uh, As I said, I, I started looking at why uh, what's my next bucket list? Uh, and to be honest with you, my next bucket list is go get my uh, um, pilot license. Uh, I know that that's something I'd like to do uh, while I still have the uh, the uh, ambition, the opportunity, and the courage to go do that um, as time uh, time permits me to do that. But the bucket, the today's topic was bucket list and technology advancement. We talked a lot about uh, 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 future technologies, uh, the advancements. Of of uh, vehicles, advancements in space, uh, advancements in automation and education, the uh, the smart home capabilities as you go buy new homes and looking at new houses now and the integration of new technology in those houses is just uh, amazing. But what's really amazing more than anything else is that you find innovators, futurists, uh, engineers, and scientists constantly creating. The challenge today, of course, is the Conv, the vaccine, therapeutics, and and the advancement of those uh, vaccines is kind of interesting to me because I was at DARPA at the time when uh, we had H1N1 and we were trying to create, how can we create this vaccine a lot faster? And so some of that technology right now is being used today to advance the uh, the advancement of the uh, uh, Conv19 uh, vaccine. And it's interesting to me that some 
some of the players during that H1N1 are still some of the players that are today. So, uh, folks, I'd just like to thank my audience for listening to today's show. We've covered a variety of topics. I uh, covered my bucket list and technology advancements. It is a topic I'd suggest you go back and look at a whole list of podcasts. Uh, We're at uh, uh, T3, uh, Today, Tomorrow's Technology. I've done 46 shows just in this last season of season five and uh and of course uh we've got over 100 podcasts uh talking about different topics and different subjects on 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 that and it's interesting to me uh that you would find both from uh space to medical to driverless autonomous vehicles uh to uh, security uh Security at home, your uh, being a smart home, developing a smart home, uh, uh, scuba diving, space exploration, all these topics have key topic areas in, on my podcast. So take a look at that, and we'll check you out in the following uh, months as we talk about new topics and bring in new scientists, engineers, and enthusiasts of technology to discuss where we're headed in the future. Thank you very much. This is Jose Negron, your host for T3, Today, Tomorrow's Technology, and I'll see you the next time on a new technology topic. Bye. Thank you for listening to Today, Tomorrow's Technologies. We hope you'll join your host, Jose Negron, for another exciting program next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Enjoy the rest of your week.